Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast. Obviously, this one, as you may have guessed if you've seen the guest beside me, is going to be a little bit more of a technical one. But as always, not that he needs an introduction if you've been watching Formula One for a while, uh, but we're going to let the guest introduce himself because, well, he knows himself better than I do. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, introduce yourself to the lovely people. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. My name is Greg Scarborough. Uh, everyone knows me as Scarbs, um, and I'm a technical journalist that covers Formula One, I guess, is the best way of describing me. So obviously we're into the second year of a new technical regulation set and Red Bull so far have been the fastest. Do you, do you think that we're all going to converge now? All of the teams are going to converge on Red Bull in terms of at least the side pods? Or do you think there's still room for kind of the Ferraris and Mercedes or do you think they're all going that way? Because that's what it sounds like this year. Um, no, no, I, I think... Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of ways that people can create performance out of these current cars. Um, and a lot of them are falling foul of other problems that have kind of misled their designs, which doesn't mean that their design, if you talk about, you know, Ferrari or Mercedes, for example, they've had other problems that they've done a really good job and that they think, you know, that that's as good as their car can be. They've had like underlying problems with wind tunnels and you know simulations and stuff that haven't potentially shown that their solutions could be just as good. They've not got everything working together at once and got all this what we call correlation, which is the the, the you know the the, recon- the simulation to what actually happens in reality on track. They haven't got it working two years on the trot, which is really unusual. So there's nothing to say. That that Ferrari or Mercedes with each of their very different car concepts couldn't, if they get it working, beat Red Bull. Um, Red Bull just haven't made any mistakes so far. So they feel that they're so much further ahead, but it's not because they've found the silver bullet that, you know, that shape side pod or underfloor or suspension concept works best. It's just, you know, all of the cards have fallen for them and for everyone else, well, the Cards have kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, and I, I, I suppose the, the biggest part of these cars that we don't really see anyway is the floor, right? So the, the side pods are important, obviously, for that whole uh, makeup of the car. But I guess the floor is where it all happens with these new cars, right? That's the, the kind of key to them. So we don't know much about that, I guess, apart from when it's up on a crane. <laughs> I, I think if they lifted every car up on a crane and we could pop our heads out underneath and have a look, I think most of us wouldn't recognise the differences from one floor to the next, or certainly wouldn't recognise what part of a floor works better in one car than others. It's one of those things that you can only get it from you know, looking at the data in the wind tunnel or CFD. And you're right, because the floor is the most important part of performance on the cars. The, the side pods have an effect, but that's kind of secondary Really, the big thing you're looking at is the shape of the underfloor and the suspension and how the suspension keeps that floor level against the ground. A bit like it was back in the days when they introduced active suspension and obviously all the tricks that they've had ever since. It's only when you get the floor and the aerodynamics working at perfectly at the same time. Um, now it's just down to the team's time that you get the performance. That's really what Red Bull have done. And, you know, if you look back to last year and all the porpoising, that's when everyone got the two of these completely confused and they were fighting each other and creating porpoising. 
really understanding their you know their design tools their simulation tools what's happened to the car on the track to make sure that they can get that floor at the right position relative to the track because a lot of people are running it much too high to get the most out of it now last year red bull had a bit of rake this year they're running and I use the term advisedly, literally sucked down to the floor. I mean, that you know, it's almost like the skirted cars of the 1980s. And they've just got, you know, they've just got all of the aspects of that right. And none of us could ever really tell just by eyeballing. Now, Rebel have got a few clever little features on their floor, some little kind of ribbed shapes along the step of the underfloor. If they're making a difference or not, yeah, I can't tell. Um, but they are one thing that's visually different from a lot of other people's, but I don't think that's their kind of secret source. I think it's just in the, you know, the, the subtleties of the shaping of the floor and how close it can ride to the ground. That's really where the performance is with these cars. Yeah, I, I think that is one of the, the interesting key points, like you said, that you can't see it from the, from just, from just viewing it. It's obviously very much CFT and wind tunnel are needed to, to check that out. W one of the talking points we've heard a lot more about over the past couple of weeks um, from the likes of Carlos Sainz and so on is that dirty air seems to be coming back, uh, you know, to an extent and that they're finding it harder to follow this year than last year. And a lot of the talk I've heard, um, and this is something I'd love to ask you about, is about that floor raise in the technical directive last year because there seems to be at least in the media, some sort of idea that it's to do with that floor raise and that that's causing more of the dirty air. Do you think that there's, you know, anything to that? Or do you think it's just that the engineers obviously are getting more complex as they understand um, uh, this this new generation? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I can't see the, the floor change and the floor raise has got anything to do with the... Um, I mean, it will have an effect on the wake of the car, but I don't think it's a kind of a big difference. It's, you know, something you could might be at measure in a wind tunnel, but not really on track. I think what we're finding is that teams are now finding all the little areas where they can play with the shape of the bodywork, like around the front wing end plate, the floor edge, um, particularly the rear brake ducts becoming very complicated. And these are kind of turning the air uh, around and are messing up the airflow for the car behind. Um, equally, you know, the, the, the rear wing with some of the little add-ons teams are adding to the top corners. And also just generally, I think when the FIA or the F1 did the initial wind tunnel models of these new cars, they had quite a simple airflow structure going over and under the car. It was um, kind of like what the teams would have done when they first arrived at their wind tunnels to play with these new regs. But what we've actually found is rather than just keeping the airflow nice and smooth and laminar all around the car, particularly people like Red Bull, are kind of putting lots of rotation into the airflow as it goes under the car and up and around the car. And that wasn't really part of the initial simulations, trying to understand what makes these cars will what will make these cars easier to overtake so i think it's just team's knowledge overcoming what the faa had the facilities to look at when they first looked at this so unfortunately it means we're gonna to have to go back through another uh, run of work by the faa to find out which areas they need to kind of clamp down on to simplify to stop teams turning the air into the, you know the turbulence uh, creating a lot of downforce in the process, but obviously they're making it harder for the cars to follow. So um, it's just, you know, it was it was always going to be inevitable that teams found ways of working the airflow that the FA wasn't able to. So I think it's just the case that, you know, um, they've got to keep on top of this. 
the difference between now when they've done these kind of regulations in the past is that there's now a permanent set of people looking at these problems and working out what to do about them. So it's not just kind of a one fixed solution and hope it works for a few years. It's now going to be an ongoing process of, you know, cat and mouse between the teams and the FIA trying to um, get these cars working the way the FIA want them to. Yeah, I think it's a good point you made um, that obviously the engineers, like things are going to get more complex as they understand it. And also that the FIA, obviously, it's a good idea that they have that kind of working group now to, to stay on top of that stuff. But yeah, I think I think the engineers, obviously, they're going to look for performance, uh, you know, intent of the regulations be damned. Um, speaking of, of looking for, for performance uh, and, and floors themselves, McLaren brought a new floor to, um, to Baku, um, and that was kind of their, I think they called it their kind of original floor that they wanted to bring. So their baseline floor, I believe is the word they used. What did you think of that? Do you think they're kind of back up? Do you think it was something worth waiting for? Um, and do you think they're now kind of in amongst the Alpines? Because Alpines seem to bring a floor and then go backwards. Um, so what did you think of both of those? Yeah, McLaren, it was interesting. They, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wouldn't say they had the weekend they were looking for and the change to the floor was um again from what we can see because we can only see like the, the upper floor edge and not what's going on underneath uh, it didn't look like a massive change to me um i don't think it gave them the huge change in fortunes that perhaps we were expecting or they maybe had been claiming so uh, i think we'll have to see i mean baku's not a great track to be kind of demonstrating how good or bad a floor is um, you know, it's uh, very much a straight line circuit and McLaren still seems to be struggling a little bit in that area. So we'll have to kind of uh, see how that is. Alpine are, you know, an uh, oddly matched to McLaren in that they just don't seem to be performing or developing year on year the way that perhaps we would have expected them. I really expected both of those teams to have really cracked it this year and really got pushing you know, onwards, obviously not joining the, you know, the top two or three teams, but certainly, you know, pushing themselves clear of everyone else. And they just haven't done that, which just, I suppose, goes to show how complicated it is this year. And we'll just have to wait and see. They've both got quite a big set of updates coming uh, from Baku and over the next few races and see how that changes their fortunes, because really they should, they re as I say, they should be in a league of their own uh, ahead of the midfield. But uh, as of yet, we've not seen the evidence of that. Let's hope they can get back up there, especially McLaren. I think it's one of the teams a lot of us, if, if you've been watching a while, kind of tend to hold dear. So hopefully they can get back up there. Um, I guess going to the main kind of three competitors then this year to Red Bull, obviously Aston Martin is the one who made the biggest leap. And I think because of what they did last year after Barcelona, was it, where they kind of came with what everyone was calling a green bull and obviously this is the same team that had the pink Mercedes. It's kind of been seen as a Red Bull copy, but obviously there's some massive changes this year um, in terms of the scoops and so on. So, so what has been your opinion of the Aston? Do you think that you know they're going in the right direction and that, that concept could beat Red Bull? Or do you think we're going to see, you know, yeah, I guess the simple question, but what do you make of the Aston this year? Do you think it's going in the right direction as it kind of appears to be? Yeah, I mean, I think Aston Martin have found their own direction, which is working up clearly incredibly well for them. Um, easy for some, it's by no means a Red Bull copy in any shape or form. And I think, you know, I think it's a bit lazy for some people to kind of point that finger. It's very much its own concept. 
Um, and indeed, a lot of the work was done before a lot of these Red Bull people were on board as well. So, you know, it's very much a kind of a, uh, a result of the kind of the old Force India team that are still tucked away uh, at the Silverstone factory, still at the old Silverstone factory, actually. So, yeah, I think it's good. Uh, it has its weakness, which is it carries a lot of drag. It's very slow on the straights, um, even though it's got, as we know, a, 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 a engine that's more than capable of pushing it along at very high speeds. So I think they're... They're only now, I think, starting to get into that um, period where they're developing that car. What we've seen for the first few races is very much the launch spec car. They've got a lot to do on the floor. They've really got to get a lot more downforce from the underfloor so they can trim back that rear wing and find, you know, this top speed that the car's really lacking. Because as you saw at Baku, Alonso had the pace, but he didn't have the straight line speed to challenge the Ferraris, even with DRS. So that's a big problem for them. So I think that they've got probably more headroom to develop than a lot of the other teams that are out there because you know it's still a very new design uh which shows to be you know quite a good um situation for them especially knowing that red bull will have to ease back their development this year and you know potentially could fall back into the clutches of people like aston martin and mercedes and ferrari so uh yeah i mean i think it, it's shaping up very well the tc seems to be very harmonious you know alonso helping stroll <laughs> you know, coaching him even through the races this is an Alonso we've never seen before he's normally someone that tears a team apart uh, so yeah I mean I think everything is going very well for uh, Aston Martin and I'd like how that develops over the balance of the season and how they can carry that momentum into next year as well yeah Al Alonso helping out his teammates is absolutely brilliant it's uh it's to, to quote the old thing, it's not the story we expected this year, but I think it's the story we needed. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, been brilliant to watch. A couple of the other teams in, so obviously Ferrari and Mercedes. This is one where I think, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch because we're hearing from both. So Mercedes obviously have been very upfront. Toto has talked about this, that they're going to change their concept. Whereas Ferrari haven't really said much, but we are hearing from the press and we've heard Carlos Sainz say that, you know, they don't think their concept is going to be as fast as Red Bull. And it seems like they're planning to change it. Obviously, we haven't got complete confirmation of that. But uh, the question I guess I have for you there is, where do you think the Mercedes is going to go in terms of concept? Well, I mean, that's a crystal ball question, isn't it? Um, it's, it's odd that Ferrari and Mercedes have got themselves both in such a similar situation where they've got you know, potential in their car, but they've got you know, background engineering problems. They've been hiring and firing technical staff. Um, and yet, you know, they're still trailing behind. Um, where they go next, um, I've probably got more optimism for Mercedes, to be honest. Um, you know, they're... You know, a far better track record of getting engineering problems sorted. James Allison's come back into the fold uh, with Mikey Elliott stepping out. I think that is potentially a good move overall for the team. How quickly that shifts momentum for them uh, is tricky. I'm not so convinced about this question of concept change. Mercedes, I think I've got a question of them going for a concept change. I think this is something that a team principal kind of shouts out and drivers shout out, not really knowing the situation. And I think for this year, everything, but I don't think it's going to be a Red Bull copy. I think they're going to go for a bit more of an undercut on the side pods, get some of that energy from the air there, to see how that's possible within the aero testing restrictions and the budget cap. I think we will see an updated floor coming at Imola, which was always predicted. And I think there'll be some change to the side pods 
um, which would be the big visual pods. Are they or aren't they working? Going around the car rather than going straight into the side pods. Um, I think if they're going to do a concept change, that would need to be next year. And that needs to be really carefully considered because you've got things like the driving position, um, which is, you know, uh, a factor, which is a result of the zero siding. In order to get them working, you have to squeeze that fuel tank, which is giving them all sorts of problems with center of gravity, height, with, you know, the position of the, the driver. So there's a lot for them to change going forwards. I don't think this is the time to be making major changes in season. I think Mercedes can be, find themselves a winning race car. Williams obviously seem to have taken a decent step this year. Um, and I'm just wondering what you think of them. Where Do you think they can kind of push their way back into the midfield? Um, do you think they're making the right moves? And, and what do you think of the car? Well, this year's Williams has been, um, I wouldn't say quite a transformation, because I think their second half of that last year, particularly with Albon using the updated car, uh, was fantastic and showed that there are still engineers over at Grove that are capable of producing a, a very good race car. Uh, this year they've done that again. They've not dropped the ball like some of their rivals have, and they've really kind of made a leap. Um, you know, uh, Albon's driving, particularly his qualifying performance, is fantastic. Um, and Sargent as well, uh, you know, is shaping up to be um, a cracking race driver uh, with some pace in him. Um, I think the problem that you have with Williams is just how much consistency and longevity is there with the direction they're going at the moment. Um, you know, it's a team that still hasn't really got a proper technical director. You have James Vowles kind of put in as the team principal. It was all very last minute. It just seems a team that doesn't have the right drive and direction and management at the moment, which it has suffered from, to be fair. You know, season is a big question mark for me. Hopefully for many, many years, but um, you would have thought by now yeah, that would have been resolved. So, you know, I can see Williams continue to do well, how far they can develop in city they can, which means that, you know, there's no reason one of their cars shouldn't be in Q3 at every race. And I think Miami certainly should suit the car. It seems to be a bit of an all-rounder with some good straight line speed, but good corner and performance. And those drivers have just got to get out of all of those silly little accidents they keep having in order to post the results. So obviously now the big questions, Carbs, what's your predictions for the podium at Miami? So Miami, I think the predictions are going to be relatively straightforward. I mean, I think it's a weekend that Red Bull will dominate again. Um, I can see Max bouncing back from Pedro's street fighting uh, exploits in Baku. And I think it will be, again, uh, a Rebel 1-2. Then it's going to be quite interesting. I think this could be the chance for Aston Martin and Alonso really to shine again. I almost would guarantee Alonso being on the podium in Miami. I don't think Ferrari or Mercedes are going to get that close to the Astons this weekend. I think it's a little bit more suited to them. So, yeah, for me, um, podium prediction. Max? Sergio and Fernando. Thanks so much for this, Garbs. I know you're extremely busy. For all of you listening or watching, we will leave a link in the description to Scarbs' Twitter. Do please go over and give a follow. And thanks again to Craig Scarborough for joining us for this podcast, especially given how busy he is flying around the world, watching F1 and giving his opinion on tech. Please do subscribe, follow Scarbs, and we'll see you for the next podcast.